Welcome and good evening to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is not how we're going to start this show, KG. I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm taking over. Ooh. This is not the Sideline Junkies welcome. This is not the Saturday Wrestling Show. This is the Guess Who Told KG So Show, starring Mr. Saturday Night, the Smart Mark. The Don. Now that, that's what I'm calling the. Show. I'm quite sure you want to go somewhere into the normal, but last I checked, we had some picks about hell in the cell. Last I checked, I won. Ooh. But I'll let you go ahead and start the show with this humble pie I just baked for you all day, and then you know we'll go into everything from there. But I just wanted to make sure that people knew exactly what they're about to get today. Well, with that being said, let's jump right in the pillar of the post because I my appetite is ready. I'm ready for my crow, my humble pie, everything. Oh. Hey, all I gotta say is pillar of the post. This is just go, basically gonna be a the recap, aka let's just go ahead and create the tally marks now. For Don was right, Kevin was what's the word I'm looking for? R- 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 Not right. R- r- <laughs> <laughs> I won't say wrong, nah, but you know, I'll let see, you go there. I don't know what there. that is. But no, in truth, though, believe it or not, we actually had more in common uh, in some of them than uh, I was shocked to believe. Uh, naturally, the first one that came out the box was uh, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. So they started strong with the uh, Hell in a Cell match. And we both had uh, that pick to end the same exact way. So that was pretty cool with uh, Orton taking the, the Hell in a Cell victory over that one. I thought it was not that bad of a, a good starting match. I mean, you know, they did a lot better than I thought they would. Um, you know, both of them, uh, you know, Jeff coming off the cage and then putting uh, as much work as they did into it. You know, I thought it was a fairly good uh, opening to the show. What do you think? I, I enjoyed that. Uh, then to see the after effects of Randy Orton's back and, him look mm-hmm. like he lost a pound of flesh when he posted on his Instagram account. Wow. Oh, God, yeah. So for anybody that thinks that uh, wrestling is phony, check out those pics and then tell me if you still think it's phony. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Um, right after that, I was shocked they went into a, a super solid women's match being uh, the Bexter versus Charlotte Flair. And I thought it was going to start going my way, and you was going to get that win in there. But my girl, Becky Lynch, pulled it out. Clean finish uh, for the most part. I mean, it was, you know, a Miss Moonsault by Charlotte. You know, she just overreached and went to the well one too many times into the triangle choke powerbomb, spear. And the next thing you know, bam, roll up, one, two, three, done. You know, I was shocked and marked out behind it. The crowd was like, hold on, did we really just see this? Did it happen? Music hit. Oh, snap. And they weren't cheering for the fact that Becky won. They were cheering for the fact that I was right. But I'm just <laughs> putting that out there. I just wanted to let you know, sir. What did you think of the match? I, I thought Charlotte was going to take it. But, like you said, she went to the well one too many times. And But it was a, a great match. And that's one thing about this women's division. They put on some pretty damn good matches. Mm-hmm. But I agree for uh, 
Becky Lynch to take it, I'm proud of. I'm happy for it. And then she she uh uh uh, uh kind of sort of snubbed Charlotte at the end, you know, to say, hey, this is my spotlight. You won't take this spotlight from me. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Because, I mean, let's be honest, you know, she was, I told what I say that two shows ago, she's like the Finn Balor of uh, the women's division. Uh, true you indeed. know, we give you the belt. And then, oh, I'm sorry, that's about it. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully she won't be the Natalia of the women's division where it took you two years to get the belt. You have a quick run and then you're, well, I don't know, following behind the baddest woman on the planet. So we'll see exactly how that plays out. I'm hoping that, you know, this will be a nice little run because I think Becky Lynch has the ability to be equally as good as um, uh, Alexa Bliss with the right storyline potential. And it looks like, you know, this is the most I've ever really heard her talk uh, outside of just a nice face promo. So just to see her get into a new role, a new feel, it was almost like we talked about before that uh, Hulk Hogan transition into Hollywood Hogan type of situation. So if nurtured and, and watered properly with the right tutelage and, and focus on um, what the promos are going to be and, you know, what the matches are going to be and how it's going to go, I think it'll, it'll pan out good more than, you know, a 30 day thing or, you know, them getting to the super show, super showdown or um, uh, the all women's pay-per-view. And then she just loses the belt at that point. So we'll see. Mm. So that was the second match of the night. And then they jump right into a uh, nice little favorite, the Hounds of Justice versus Dolph and Drew McIntyre, which, uh, believe it or not, we were both right with uh, Dolph and Drew um, coming out on that. I thought it was a good finish, even though you had the, the Drew McIntyre assist in that one. But, you know, I wasn't expecting it to go the way it did in reference to having a good, solid ending. I thought it was going to be something a little bit more trivial, but I was happy with uh how well uh, all four guys performed at uh, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, and being able to get up on top of the cage and, and actually, you know, do your thing. They From past wrestlers, I've heard that that's not very easy to do, Mm-mm. to get up and, you know, execute your moves. Like in a, in a ladder match, I heard Jeff Hardy say, it may look like it's easy to land moves, but it's harder to control. Right. That variable so, that can happen. Yeah, so seeing them do that, I just I, I love the show that they put on. Yep. But I mean, we knew how it was going to end on that one. Yeah, we we both were in agreement on that one that we were not in in agreement for because we had it go the other way um, was I call it the Samoa Joe show, uh, but unfortunately the writers called it the AJ Styles still going to win this thing show. Um, but I had to put but, down oh. in my notes that Joe looked like. Freaking Jet Lee or Donnie Yen up in that that match, you know he's doing sweeps. I'm like, what the heck is, is this? Joe for real going to ham in the match? I'm like, he's, he's about to win this, and yeah, and he like, did win. I, I, technically, he I agree did. with you because when he, he he had he had uh, the the, the cocaine lock, mm-hmm. and he had it. AJ tapped before the count of three K. Now Joe's shoulders were down, yep. but AJ tapped. That should be. I, mm, yeah, they, I'm they, still they upset. The old fashioned uh, finish on that one, and you know it used to be uh, the, the old school uh, TV time finish where they they'd have it and you'd be inconclusive, and then that's supposed to lead you into watching the next week's episode back way back when things were taped and not live. 
So when I saw that happen, I was like, really, guys, really? Y'all going to hit us with that after that clear and clean match? I mean, you would have thought those guys were 10 years ago back in TNA, especially Joe, the way he was just putting in work, putting in work, putting in work, time and time and time and time and rhythm with uh, AJ Styles. And then it went that way. I was like, oh, man, I would have loved for it to be controversial, but I'd rather Joe cheated, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to have that. But then again, uh, you know, as we saw um, coming on SmackDown, it's just a setup for the next pay-per-view. So it's like, oh, we had to be the sacrificial lamb on that one. But I still call that match of the night. I'll give you that. I will give you that because Samoa Joe looked really, really good. And when he looks good like this, I, I, I mean, this took me back to Nation of Violence days. Oh yeah. When, when, when you truly feed Samoa Joe. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm huh? No, I'm, I'm upset at the way it turned out. That's how I feel. I'm just upset about it. Yeah, I mean, the match there, I say it would be considered awesome. And speaking of awesome, just because I wanted to segue into another win by me, um, the good old Misdom defeated <laughs> the Bryans. But even though I was expecting it to be just a fluff match, and I say that because it's going to go the typical storyline fashion, and it's like, okay, whatever, go grab something to drink, and you just know how it's going to end, a.k.a. I'm still winning anyway. But, you know, to see them actually tell a phenomenal story in ring, and, you know, even though it was a typical thing where you're going to have the, the two combatants that everybody wants to see lock up, but yet they're going to almost get there, almost get there. It's going to go back and forth, and then it's not going to happen until that right moment, and then a crowd pops, and then next thing you know, you see the hot tag. You know, they had that happen, but they did it in such a way with that being a mixed tag that it really told a strong story. And then the finish of it, you know, with the roll-up reversal by Maurice given – technically a, a pretty clean finish on that one, you know, also just slid that little bit of extra little oomph in like we were talking about last week uh, with the Miz, just being able to say, yeah, I'm slightly better than you, Daniel Bryan and get away with it. So I was really happy with how well that story was told. And then seeing what they talked about on SmackDown uh, with the um, championship opportunity coming from them two facing each other very soon, that led into, I'll give you credit, where credit is due, you know, your book it uh, breakdown actually is looking like it may happen with one of those two having a title match. Then they're going to have, you know, a match at WrestleMania for uh, one of the, the championship belts. If it's not a hell in a cell, I'm sorry, not a hell in a cell, a money in the bank opportunity or whatever it may be that pans out. But it looks like you may have been correct on that one, sir. I felt good about that. Yep. But after that match, uh, Jumping into SmackDown, and you did the uh, the Miz did um, Miz TV, and oh my goodness, I thought when he called Daniel Bryan out, I was like, okay, we got action. Mm-hmm. When he dropped kick Miz into Maurice, oh my goodness, and she, I was like, oh my god, he heard. He was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, they broke kayfabe. He really heard her. Oh my god. She's only five months from having a baby. Oh, this can't be good. And then she rolled over laughing. And <laughs> Miz went for this. Oh, man. When I say got, <laughs> got me, it. they got me good. Uh, that's what you call a payoff right there. And he went for the skull crushing finale. I was like, oh, man. But 
that whole scene right there was sold. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I see you. All right. All right. You won't get me again. You say that now. We still got for <laughs> a couple more weeks. You'll be God again, trust me. Speaking uh, of God, uh, let's talk about, you know, one that we didn't get right either. Uh, sadly to say that uh, Little Miss Bliss did not walk away with that championship belt. Um, and Ronda Rousey is still uh, the women's champion, which is a good thing, you know, because you do have, you know, that, that box office draw. Um, it was a good match, in my opinion. I thought uh, Alexa Bliss uh, had a nice little tribute to Triple H with that headband she had on when she came to the ring. Um, and I thought Ronda did a great job of selling the rib injury as the story builder uh, throughout the course of it to make it, you know, work properly but what really made it strong in reference to a match is that alexa out of everybody on that card put on the best heel clinic i have seen from a female performer period i mean she made that match so strong and made ronda look you know almost invincible you know to where i was starting to nitpick on um moments and opportunities that, you know, it could have tweaked that a little bit more. But, you know, Alexa just, she just did her job, man. I can't say anything more than that. She just did her job, and it, it made it one hell of a match. I, I agree with you on that. I'm still mad that Alexa didn't win it, but uh, yeah. such is life. Such is life. Ain't that the truth, man. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, they're, they're building it again, and, We'll see. But I think, truthfully, if somebody's going to dethrone Ronda Rousey, it's probably going to be Nia Jax. Because I don't see anybody <laughs> else, uh, unless they're setting up for Shayna Baszler versus Ronda. But then that wouldn't be believable because we know in UFC terms, Baszler would get knocked the hell out. So <laughs> for her to come over, you know, from NXT and then all of a sudden, you know, she'd have to be part of a group or something in order for her to take that belt off of Ronda. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And speaking of uh, UFC, uh, I'll just call this the throwback match. You know, it didn't really go either way for us. Um, was the main event, Roman, Braun, Hell in a Cell, Shield, Dolph, uh, and Drew everybody colliding and kindling and falling off the cell through tables. And then we had, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I felt like we was having a flashback to Hell in a Cell 1 for the nostalgia. All I saw was, you know, Undertaker about the tombstone Shawn Michaels, and then everything goes red. And this must be Kane. That's says Kane. Oh, my God. Here comes Kane <laughs> ripping the cell door off and Undertaker just standing there. That's what I thought I saw because when Brock came down, I'm like, okay, he can't get in the cage. Everything's going to be, did he just kick the cage door down? Oh, my God, what the heck is going on? You know, I'm with you, Brock. They didn't put you seriously over with this one. You know, you're not a beast. You're superhuman now. And you're kicking down doors, F5s here, F5s there. And then the funniest part was uh, uh, Foley getting maced. <laughs> Ah, yeah, my Paul Heyman. Oh, my goodness. Poor Mick. Oh, that's the way to say, hey, congratulations on your 20 years, sir. Here's some mace in your face. But that ending was, it was necessary and weak at the same time. 
because they shouldn't have ended the match at that in this era. Ten years ago, gotcha. This era, them fools should have been able to continue considering that we see balls uh, count anywhere, no disqualifications, Iron Man matches, um, you know, table as and chairs matches, all these matches that have bigger spots in it, and that's it. They both called an F5, and really, you're done? Really? You know, we, we didn't even go to really to Suplex City that much. That's it. You know, and then they just ended it there. I was like, oh, my God, you still had 10 minutes worth of story to tell. And they could have had a, a cleaner finish, even if it was just Brock, just be, it became a triple threat in essence. You know, something had to have happened and Brock just pinned somebody and then you ended it. But they could have did a little bit more to me. I don't know. What do you think? I was upset with Brock showing up anyway. Really? Because, and somebody on Twitter said that when Brock showed up, it looked like him losing the Universal Championship. He was depressed, so he grew a depression bead. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, but, they, they phoned him in straight from training camp on that one. But I'm, I'm just, I was kind of upset because I'm now. I've said this years ago when Brock first went to UFC. It's only one man that can probably. Battle Brock is about equal, and most people won't agree. When I say equal, I mean Matt skills and everything, and that's Bobby Lashley. Yep, I, I, would, I, would, I they're, they're pretty much the same physical type, body build mm-hmm. and everything. But I would love to see them two butt heads, and I'm wondering why not have Bobby Lashley in a feud with Roman Reigns so it, it carries over to Brock instead of him being in a feud with Elias. I think they're setting up for them to bump into each other at the Rumble. I hope so. Normally, I, normally they, they do that, you know, John and Behemoth bumping into each other and they get that mark out moment right there. And that's really where they test the water to see what the fan reaction is. Because think back to Braun Strowman and Brock, you know, they tease that and tease that. And then it happened, you know, Goldberg and um, Strowman. And, you know, I mean, all these different matches where they had that Kane and the Undertaker or um, Bray Wyatt and somebody, you know, whatever was happening when those two elements got into the ring at the Royal Rumble, you know, you just saw the magic. And if the magic was big enough, then they went with it. If it wasn't, then they kind of just played off a little bit. You know, we'll see exactly what may happen between Daniel Bryan and The Miz in the Royal Rumble, depending on if either one of them is a champion at that point, because they could end up seeing each other as well. And that's how the opportunity could come into play to lead into WrestleMania. So there's so many different ways that they can make that happen. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. That would be the believable match, a.k.a. Bobby Lashley, if he can talk by then, or if Leo Rush is going to continue to do what he's doing and just carry it, you know, in the smoothest. He's like the new Teddy Long slash uh, Slick mixed together. You know, if he's doing all the talking for Bobby, then I could see him beating Brock, and that would be the thing, and then it will go from there. And then it'll be Lashley versus Reigns and stuff like that. So I, I'm with you, man. You got my seal of approval on that one for sure. I've been waiting, what, close to 10 years now for this? Hmm. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Keep your fingers crossed. I mean, we're getting close, man. October's right around the corner, uh, which means you're a click away from um, Survivor Series. And after that, the road to WrestleMania begins. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But either way, you know, that's that pillar to post right there. Your Hell in a Cell recap, a.k.a. 
Kevin no wins <laughs> me too. We did have a couple ties and some upsets that the world didn't agree with us on when it came down to uh, the the bell ringing and the ending. But I won. That's all I'm saying. And might as well from there. That's that's a highlight for me. But it's not my top rope pick uh, for the biggest markout moment of the week. I'd say for me, and I'm quite sure you will agree with me if it's not your top markout moment. It was Randy Orton, Vintage Viper, you're welcome, Michael Cole, in a production truck. <laughs> I was like, OMG, the Viper is back. And he is, a, I thought he was going to beat the dude down. I was like, please just RKO him right there in the truck. I was hoping for it just because, you know, out of nowhere, just, just let it happen. But we didn't get that part. But that was my markout moment right there. I don't even have to go too deep into why. Just uh, vintage Viper. Well, I got two. I, I'll say my personal markout moment. And I think you should know already know where I'm going with this. Whew. The return of Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then she tem- teamed up with Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ember Moon and Nia Jax. Now, Ember Moon got to be my new favorite wrestler. Mm. But I love me some Nia Jax. And just to see her... Oh, and Alicia Fox didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Not at all. And then when Ember Moon dropped the Eclipse on her, I love that, 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 that finish of the Eclipse. I love it. That was my personal markout moment. But my, my true markout moment... I seen something from Dean Ambrose that I hadn't seen from any wrestler in a long time. And it's it may not seem really big to anybody else, but it was really big to me. Dean Ambrose used the Texas Cloverleaf Monday night. Yes, he did. I don't see many people use the Texas Cloverleaf. That's one of my favorite moves. And you can ask my kids. They know because when we're playing around, hey, you got to go on the Texas Cloverleaf. Mm-hmm. Vintage Malenko. See, exactly. <laughs> To see him use that, I I was one I, like I always say, I was like a little child on Christmas. I was just giddy because it's a it's a move that you don't see very often, and it actually hurts. So <laughs> that was my my one of my those my two markout moments for the week. Yep, and it's a finesse move too. It's not you know the um the wall of Jericho, which you have to you know put it in properly. To or you know show it properly, I guess is the best way to put it. So that way you can believe it, you know, or the sharpshooter where you know it has to be put on properly for you to believe it. That cloverleaf, when you see it put on properly, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that that's gonna hurt. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. You're not like you know a John Cena STF, you know, which uh, like whatever. Can we see some chin contact, please? Look like you're choking them out, John. Just look like you're choking. Just give me half a choke, please. Or just train with Daniel Bryan and get the rest of the choke in there, something. But that's that's a whole other story right there. But that's the top <laughs> rope. Um, good stuff. You know, uh, I agree with you on the Nia Jax thing. I was like, ooh, yeah, she's looking good, too. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh. <sighs> but this is your redemption time, sir. Yes, sir. Time to go one-on-one. I'm going to give you first shot again. Ooh. Your promo. Uh, Who's your person? I've tried for a week to get this right. All right. 
I pick for the week in our segment of one on one, the road dog, Jesse oh, James. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. The D O double G. Oh man. That's gonna be interesting right there. Oh gosh. Whew. I'm gonna have a uphill battle on this one. Because I, I think you're gonna nail uh Road Dog. So just because uh, I was hell in a cell, I figured I'd deep dig deep into my bag of tricks and I'm gonna go ahead and promo as Mrs. Foley's baby boy. <laughs> Mm. I give you first. I give you floor first. No, 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 no. You, you, you gave me floor first last week. Uh-uh. Oh, I get it. You okay. take that one. All right. So here we go. You, you, you know, sometimes I go to the store and I look at the food in the aisle and I see some chips. I see some dip. I see a cucumber. I see an orange. It's a certain grocery store that may be a hammer and a drill. And all I can think of is things I could use to beat down the road, dog. Now, that's not because I just got out of a hell in a cell. It's not because I want to be Dude Love or Bang Bang Cactus Jack. It's just because I really want to hurt the road dog in the deepest way possible. I don't mean to be this way, but it's something about the way he shimmy and he shakes and he raps and rhymes that drives me the wrong way. So on Monday night on Raw, it'll be the road dog against Mrs. Foley's baby boy, and I don't know if it's going to be Mankind or Mick Foley or Dude Love or Cactus Jack, but one of them is going to take a cucumber, put a drill in it, and stick it in your eye! That's what I got. (laughs) (laughs) I love it! <laughs> Again, a horrible impersonation, but there you go. Okay, <laughs> all right, hold That's on. Your All right, now, I, me, now see, I've been working on this. I had, I, I said, I don't know who he's gonna pick, but I gotta get it right because I got, I gotta redeem myself. All right, here we go. Settling here. Welcome to my dog house. Will we always do it doggy style? You know something, Mick? I find it quite odd that you would want to get a cucumber and do bodily harm with me. Hmm. And we just going to start calling you Mick the Sick. That's what we'll call you from now on. Because come Monday night, that little shimmy, that little shake. Oh, believe me, it won't be fake. Your ass is grass, and I'm about to smoke it. And I, I'll go ahead and leave it with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you went old school, Road Dog. I thought you were going to give me the DX 
intro, man. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. boys and girls, children of all ages. I was waiting for it. I was like, I know he's going to hit me with it. The Generation X. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, 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 now, granted, I, I do that an awful lot. An <laughs> awful lot. And so I'm quite sure to be for another uh, uh, version of One on One. But I think that was fun. Um, so, you know, that's another one of bad impressions in the books. Every week. The countering, it gets worse and worse. So, you know, who knows next week? I, I'm, we're going to throw a female wrestler in there at some point. So <laughs> that's probably going to be completely horrible as KG tries to promo as Nia Jax. Um, because I still wouldn't be able to look at him as anything other than him. So, but, good idea. you're not hot. Every week, I'm going to try my best to get keep getting better. I'm, I'm, I'm going to surprise you. Yeah. You're getting there, man. You're getting there. I, 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 I got to I gotta work on my mic skills. My mic skills ain't where they used to be. That's all right. You'll, you'll get back there. But at least we can focus on some new skills, which is in the category of booking. Um, so last week I gave you a scenario of Daniel Bryan and The Miz, which is actually starting to look like it's panning out. So this week, uh, what do you have uh, for me to flesh out over the course of uh, the next couple weeks storyline-wise? What, what would you like me to mm. – Rattle my brain about. I had two, but now this is one that I know you're going to be able to paint a, a picture because you got to clean this up for me. This whole Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, the Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph, and Drew. Map that out for me. How, how is that going to happen? And same same point all the way up to WrestleMania. Mm. I think first things first, they're going to set up for traditional Survivor Series match. The question is, who can we add in for the Shield side of things? And who's going to fit in with Dolph? And um, actually, you know what? I know who's going to fit in with Braun and Dolph and um, Drew McIntyre. And I hope you're ready for this. This is an unfortunate but fortunate state of affairs. But I think there's going to be a wide family reunion Mm. that's going to happen. And Bray's going to fold into that. So Braun's going to call upon his family since uh, Roman has his family with him. So who better to call than Bray Wyatt? So that's your four on that side. On the Shield side, he hasn't been there in a while, man. There's only one person that they can call. And I know you're not going to like it, but it's three words that's synonymous with him. And I'm not talking about prayers and vitamins. I'm talking about hustle, loyalty, and respect. It's going to be about that time for Jay Cena to come back and, you know, adding them in there, Bray Wyatt on the other side. That's going to give uh, the Shields promos a little bit more validity and, and, and poignancy and, and strength. And then Bray Wyatt just intertwining what he's used to do into going dark and Braun following suit. You know, it's going to be interesting to see Dolph and McIntyre follow behind that to which I would just really have them just nod their head and agree once Bray Wyatt opens his mouth and Braun just adds that get these hands with the Wyatt family in there. And that's a traditional Survivor Series match. Out of that, it will come down to Roman Reigns v. Braun Strowman. And guess what happens? Brock comes in again, and then the match is is scrapped again because now it's no contest. That's going to lead up driving forward to WrestleMania for the championship, the triple threat match, no disqualification, false count anywhere, and then there has to be a winner. Now, in that period, 
one of two blessings can happen. One of them is Brock Lesnar becomes a UFC champion because at that point he's going to win a title uh, on the WWE side of things because that's just too much clout right there to have him be a dual champion. And then you build that on the next Raw and have him drop the belt to Bobby Lashley or somebody else. But the other thing that can happen is if he does not win the belt, then that will give us more Brock time on the WWE side of things so they can really build how many appearances he's going to have so he can have another strong run and then we can see what will happen from there uh, for the matches. But that's the way I had to script it. Naturally, there's going to be some pay-per-views in between that. Um, that will still build a little bit of it. And it could be a back and forth run in situation where if it's Brock versus Roman, then Braun runs in or uh, Brock versus Braun and Roman runs in and they could just keep going to build that. You know what? We're just going to have a triple threat, lay it down and that's where it's going to go. So that's, that's the way I would flesh it out to uh, ultimately get to whatever happens with the UFC and Braun uh, turning out into, you know, a great uh, WrestleMania moment right there. And see, that would be, uh, in my opinion, if Brock does win the UFC heavyweight title, he comes to Raw, and he winds up winning the Universal title. And, you know, some way, shape, or form, as the UFC champion, it would kind of make up for when uh, Taz went over to ECW and won the heavyweight title. And he brought mm-hmm. it to, I believe it was SmackDown. Was it SmackDown or Raw? I believe it was SmackDown. He, but he showed up. And he had the title around his waist. But yet he won a championship in ECW. He came to WWE and nothing. It was like you lit the, uh, the fuse of an of, of a M80 and instead of it a loud bang, you got a pop. That's about it. So it, this, that would be a awesome, awesome redemption there, having a, a champion from another promotion come over. I agree. And then that also would be opening up the opportunity for more interpromotional things. Because uh, I know you sent me a message earlier, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with um, if WWE is going to acquire TNA or if TNA is just outsourcing for better viewership because with them viewing or airing on pop, they're not reaching as many homes as they need to to be able to tour and stuff like that because you just really have to be thinking about pop to be able to find that network let alone have it on your uh, cable or satellite plan to be able to watch it. So if you're not subscribing to their uh, online service, you, you're not really going to catch the TNA product. And they've got some good heavy hitters that's happening right now with test and stuff like that happening. You know, they, they've got, so we could see that be the next emotional thing possibly for them to test the waters again, just like they did with that crossover with ECW and um, WWE. We also could see really a sneak throw into a modern NWO type of feel as well, where some TNA people show up on WWE programming and become a new facet of the NWO with the NWO coming back potentially. So there's some things in play here that will also factor into this Brock Lesnar uh, championship thing, and, and we'll see how they can flesh that out for the next 12 months. So we've got some opportunity. And speaking of opportunity, we're uh, really at the last segment, which is the hot seat, 
which last week uh, I threw you the curveball on a hot seat, and now it is your turn to ask me a question to see what uh, may come of it. And, again, I don't know what the question is. This is uh, straight off the cuff, so we'll see what Kevin gives me. And, you know, outside the fact that how did I know I was going to be the winner this week, I can tell you that right now. But, you know, it's up to you. I'll give you the question, man. Mm. I, you know, I wonder, did you hurt your shoulder for patting yourself on the back like that? Oh, no. I went ahead and uh, went on Amazon and got me a, a, a back uh, patter. You know, it just does it for me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hot seat question. With the broken one, or the woken one, as he's known, uh, retiring after Sunday, and the hellacious match that he had with Randy Orton. Map map it out for me. What's next for Jeff Hardy? Is he going to be Brother Nero? I mean, tell me, how he can he get out of this? Because I feel him and Randy Orton are undeniably in mid-carter status, and I think they deserve to be in main event status. How can Jeff Hardy get to the main event status that he once held? Let me tell you what I would like to see happen. It is ripe for the picking and set up with this. Matt Hardy is done. So where is Matt Hardy going to go? He's going back to the Hardy compound. Jeff Hardy is injured. We're going to give it a couple months, and next thing you know, you're going to start seeing some broken promos. And it's going to be Matt just throwing a little bit of hints here or there, or yes, or woken, woken. I mean, just something that you'll know is Matt. But then it's going to start transitioning, you know, from, you know, a deletion to Nero. You know, you're going to start seeing black and white color schemes or, or uh, a turning umbrella or something like that that's in a brother Nero black and white. And it's going to start building. And then it's going to start building around Randy Orton and Randy Orton's matches. Because if you notice, he's almost there with his face paint. You know, he put the eyeballs on his uh, eyelid and stuff like that. So that way, you know, it's given that dynamic effect. He's almost there, but he just didn't have the right catalyst for it. And the catalyst is going to be Matt Hardy guiding him into Brother Nero's status. I think Matt Hardy will come back eventually after a surgery. But in the midst of that, they can get some really good old-fashioned Hardy compound promotional stuff out of that that will lead to Nero showing up with Matt Hardy as his manager. And then that will eventually transition, knock on wood, into Matt Hardy being able to come back after you know a successful surgery or whatever maybe if it's possible. If not, Matt will not be done. He's going to be doing something uh, for the WWE at some point, or he just may become a road agent. Who knows? But they can get some more hardy compound stuff out of that. And then that's going to lead to Jeff uh, being uh, Brother Nero versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Or, actually, yeah, you could do it that way. And that could be a good throwback to um, uh, Goldust versus Roddy Piper back the backlight Hollywood brawl that they had, you know, it could be a hardy compound match that could be, you know, aired on WrestleMania uh, and something like that. You know, that, that's what I would like to see happen. 
So I think we're still not done with Matt because, you know, it was amicable stoppage. I mean, it's, you know, he's injured, you know, not too much that can happen with that other than, you know, knock on wood, he comes back. And speaking of coming back, I may have to eat crow possibly. I still severely doubt it, but it's starting to look like there is a little bit more than uh, a shot in hell that Shawn Michaels may do one more match. (laughs) I'm like, I don't believe it, but I'll believe it when I see it. But it is possible if it is going to be set up, it, if it was me, it would have to be set up through Triple H versus The Undertaker, which means Triple H, like I said, would win because Shawn interfered in the match, which would be Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels 2, um, well, 3, I guess, uh, for WrestleMania. Hmm. Wow. So you got you to keep her on that one. But I, I, I'm not lying when I say this. The way you lay it out, the way you say it, I see it. And you paint a vivid picture. And man, but I, I, everything you said about, you know, Jeff becoming Brother Nero, that's what I want to see. I want to see all of that. And the way you set it up with the promos, geez, if it happens like that, like it's no way in, in, in the world that WWE is not calling you to write storylines. It'd be great. I'm sorry. But this would have to be led. And I know this is going to be in uncharted territory these days. It would have to be led by Matt and Jeff. You cannot have anybody else from creative making it. It needs to be old school TNA style. Let them just go ahead and record and do what they need to do to resurrect Jeff into nero And then it will make perfect sense. And then that will lead into Randy Orton going from the apex predator to running for his life. A la, you got some maggots and stuff being projected onto the ring from Bray Wyatt type of thing. But you know, it's just going to be on that whole nother level. You know, another final deletion in the WWE would be amazing, but they would need to do this one bigger than they've ever done because Randy Orton has been in somebody's house before. He's, you know, burnt down a building with Bray Wyatt. So it's got to be on some super next level stuff. But then again, just because my brain is firing on all cylinders right now, there is something coming back on the NXT side that a crossover from you know, WWE proper to NXT in this situation would be disgustingly amazing on two fronts. One front being the Jeff and Randy Orton in war games. Two being the Shield versus Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman, and Drew McIntyre in war games would be freaking amazing. Just saying. That's a whole other one. Somebody pass that to Triple H, please have a crossover and put them fools in war games as well. Uh, I can't wait for that pay-per-view to happen at next TakeOver War Games, which is coming up very soon, by the way. Uh, be prepared for that, for uh, there to be a WWE proper crossover into that match. I would love to see it happen because that, that's just arguably one of the best WCW entities uh, from uh, a gimmick standpoint that's ever been done. 
you know, you say something about Triple H and The Undertaker, and I, I, I had an inkling that, you know, Sean would actually come back. But I, <laughs> I see uh, uh, Kane with him being in The Undertaker's corner. I see a Brothers of Destruction reunion just for a little while. Nothing real major, no tag same title runs. But I, I, I don't know. I just see all of that coming back full circle. They're all four. They're going to break your heart. Yeah. I, I, I feel it. But I mean, I don't think it's going to be anything on a major scale, but I see that. Oh, they're going to break your heart. Kane's going to turn on Taker. Oh, don't tell me that. I, I can't deal with that again. Corporate Kane. I really I'm can't. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's too much Triple H them in that. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be ugly. They could go that way, but I'm hoping they'll just be you know a Sean super kick, and then that'll you know be that. I don't think Kane's gonna be that big of a factor. I think Sean can work around the Kane thing, and they can do that. But they also could have Kane turn on Taker. Well, you wouldn't get Kane back too much either because you know he got a whole city to run. Yeah, but that also gives him an out. You know, because the next Monday night it could be Kane versus Taker a rare uh, appearance by The Undertaker having a match on Raw. Mm. Then that would segue into HBK being there. HBK does a run-in on the match. Then that would start to set that up. And then here comes Triple H. And then Undertaker takes them all out. And then just when you think Undertaker's got everybody down and they're out and, you know, that segment's about to end, pow, super kick. And then mm. there's Shawn Michaels standing over The Undertaker, which leads you to believe that that will be the next match or his comeback match. Because they set it up perfectly that if he was to come back, it would only be up against The Undertaker. Unfortunately, because, you know, the match we really want to see is on the SmackDown side, which would be AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. Or even, I'm, I'll give it to Dolph. Dolph versus HBK so that we can get the true gimmick out of it. Uh, and then Dolph Ziggler can leave that alone and become his own person. But, you know, there's a couple ways that that can lead into the, the, the match of the century or however they would want to book it. Well, rubber match or whatever. Mm. You, you got a lot of, you got a lot of hot seat and bookings tonight, man. You, you're trying to yeah, have to uh, uh, a novel or stuff. What do you want from me, man? What do you want from me? I, all I want to do is be your agent. I'm trying to get you hired. That's all I want. <laughs> Like you, 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 you put it out there. You, you bring it hard, man. <laughs> I'm just. I can only talk about what I would want to see. You know, what what would get me excited? What would get me from just watching it and being a smart mark and be like, oh, okay, you know, I'm looking for the transitions and the matches and the lighting and all that stuff. To which my uh, itch is going to be scratched from that very soon on October 5th when WWE 2K19, the Woo edition, comes out. And we will definitely talk about the creative uh, mode in that. But, you know, I just want to really see what I want to see out of uh, the programming on all fronts because they they have so much talent now. And they've got to really put this NXT talent to good use. They can't keep all this NXT talent down for too much longer. People have to move up. Mania is coming close, which means they have to do something more. I guess we're all into it now. 205 Live needs to go separate. I also think, and when I say separate, I mean, you know, two hours of a show, which it's their own network, so they can do whatever they want. So it's not a a budget constraint. Just go ahead and record two hours 
you just have uh, another May Young Classic going on. They need from Evolution a woman's show. That that also needs to happen to, to have a tag belt as well as uh, the heavyweight as well as Intercontinental or some type of belt um, of that stature for the ladies. So that way they have their own independent show. They can record that right after Raw. Raw becomes a two-hour show, and the next thing you know, you have uh, the women's show recorded after that. So that's how you would break down and drop Raw down to two hours and give the ladies more match time. Um, Heads up, you know, thank goodness, thank you, thank you, thank you, Glow, for doing a hell of a good job back in the day, just showing that it's possible, even, you know, just from the wrestling standpoint. And then – you know, they can, you know, start to disseminate more people in and take in TNA talent uh, and the ones that need to be WWE developed can go through NXT. The ones that are ready or that are ready to come back, like a John Morrison, um, could go straight into SmackDown or Raw uh, roster and stuff like that. They've got to start working this talent outward because otherwise they're going to bottleneck and people are going to get underused, and they're going to start leaving. And when these people leave, <coughs> Cody, <coughs> Cody, <coughs> Cody, <laughs> they're going to go somewhere and blow the hell up. And then now they've got negotiating power, and you want them back. And they're like, you know I'm Cody freaking Rhodes, right? <laughs> Not starting. Mm-hmm. I'm Cody freaking Rhodes. I'm on the same level of putting in work as Kenny Omega. You have to come with that Kenny Omega. I really want you this is the package just for you to show up and do, you know, one show type of thing to be able to come back over. And that's what they can't have for an AJ Styles to move on uh, or Samoa Joe to move on, or even young talent like a Leo Rush that is quickly outgrowing TNA um, in reference to his ability. If he was a bigger dude, oh my God, it would just be through the roof on what he could do. Um, for, I mean, he's got the, the, that rare gift. Same thing, Velveteen Dream. Hey, all hail Maryland Championship Wrestling for producing that. Um, hey. You know, Velveteen is ready to come up. And, you know, I, he is the new Rick Rude. You cannot argue with that at all. Especially, I love this tie, uh, his tights that he had on. I said, call me up, Vince. <laughs> like, please, you can't <laughs> ask for anything better than that. I mean, it's, like I said, there's just so much opportunity there that it's, it's not even like bubbling. We're at the brim. They have to do something going into the next season, which takes place, uh, for those that don't know, the, the first Raw after WrestleMania begins their next year of programming. Um, once they get to that Raw, they have to usher in a lot of opportunity. And the first thing, the test for that, is going to be how this all-women's pay-per-view does. If it has the viewership, it's not really a buy rate type of thing anymore. It's really all about how many people are going to be watching it within the first 24 to 48 hours being on the WWE network. Um, If that viewership is there, like it was strong with the Mae Young Classic um, and the Cruiserweight Classic, then that will set up the show for that. And then that will hopefully give them another Cruiserweight Classic, which will set up for that show to be there. And then we can start breaking this stuff up. Now hire me, goddammit. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) I'll, yes. go, I'll go down to Florida. What the hell? I'll put me in full sail. I'll, I'll help you out. Not that they need that much help on the NXT side of things. We just we just need more, man. We just need more. Before we get up out of here tonight, um, I just wanted to say congratulations to Renee Young. Yeah. She became 
the first female to sit at the announce table full time. Mm-hmm. She made history uh, Monday before last. So I want to say, and a happy belated birthday to her also. Yep. That, that's, so. a, that's an awesome opportunity right there. That's also, hint, hint, a good transition for her. And I would say uh, that Phoenix, if they do an all-women show, then they would probably commentate that. Mm. Uh, I would easily see that that's where she would go, and Raw would be her training ground uh, under the tutelage of Michael Cole because uh, he has been there for a long time. Uh, speaking of Coles, Adam Cole is ready to be called up. And, you know, Undisputed Era versus the club would be one hell of a, I don't know, Survivor Series match. Just throwing it out there. There's another one. Mic drop. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree with that, man. Like I said, there's so much. God, there's just so much that could happen right now on the WWE side of things. But we shall see. And the, the part about it is so much that can happen, but you got your finger right on the pulse. I mean, you, you, you're spitting them out rapid fire. And I'm loving it. I am loving it. But when all of this comes true, just remember you heard it here first. That's what a smart mark does. I just put out there, and as a a wise man once said, oh, my brother, testify. That's all there is to it. (laughs) I'm just testifying. Oh, man. Well, I thank you for everything. Everything. Just oh, another amazing show with you. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, anyone, of course, you can hear us right here on Anchor FM, Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, uh, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Um, and you can also hear us on Apple iTunes in the podcast section. You want to get a, a hold of the Smart Mark on Twitter? Don Rodriguez. Know you and Ed Rodriguez. Uh, sideline junkies on Twitter. That's how you get and argue with most of us, <laughs> all of us, everybody. <laughs> uh, on Facebook, sideline junkies, uh, colon podcast by email, sideline junkies247 at gmail.com. And we said it for the last three shows. Don't forget, keep being on the lookout for sidelinejunkies.com. We're working on that, trying to bring some real interesting things, but. I, I I I don't know. I'm trying to see if Don can write a little article. And we we got that in writing. So hey hey, WWE creative, look hey, at this. I, I don't mind putting in uh, my three and a half cents as long as everybody does the right thing. That's look listen to this podcast, support the network, and watch on day one or one in, within that 24 hour period. Uh, this uh, all-women's pay-per-view so that way we can get the all-women show so that way that can show the forward motion for everything that's supposed to happen. You heard it here first. All right, that's all our time for tonight. Thank you for listening. And Sideline Junkers will be back with NFL, what, week three? Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. Buddy. Tomorrow morning we'll be back, so... Thank you again to the Don. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Hey, I'm glad you're here. We are the champions, my friends. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, correction. I am the champion, <laughs> my friends. Dun, dun, dun. 
uh, you know what? I had to put my hand down because I was like, oh, yeah. Well, then you said you. I was like, okay, so I got to put my hand down. <laughs> All right. That's it. We'll talk to you guys. Another wrestling show coming up next Saturday night. Don't forget to check us out on all the platforms and make sure you tune in and listen, listen, listen. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, people.